0: for a millennia the tattoo of the bagpipe has called scotland's heroes to defend her land and her honor now a new challenge presents itself as a germanic horde invades the scottish midlands the frankfurt galaxy and the scottish claymores clash in world bowl 96 as a season's worth of emotion and sweat will rise to a crescendo ...and determine who will conquer the world.
1: 25 years since the Scottish Claymores were world champions. Who better to kick off the walk down memory lane... ...than two Scotsmen themselves who got to grace... The hallowed ground that is Murrayfield and represent the Scottish Claymores and win the World Championship for Scotland. Delighted to be joined by uh, a man we've spoken to before, a man that we would love to speak to every single time we do one of these podcasts because his insight's fascinating. Welcome back to the podcast, Scott Cooper.
2: Hey guys, thanks for having me.
1: And for a first-time visit, another Scotsman that was part of that infamous uh, Scottish Claymores team in 1996. And you're going to have to keep me right on my pronunciation here. But please welcome running back Ben Torriero. You said Ben just well. Thank you. For having me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, to, be, to be fair, you said Ben like an absolute professional, which, yeah, which is so what, that, yeah. what, what we've come to expect. Yeah, the NFL, Scott, the podcast, and we look back at the World Bowl, the Claymores against the Galaxy, 1996. What a year. It doesn't seem like it was 25 years ago. Scott, does it seem like it for you?
2: My, my body sometimes tells me it's 25 years ago. That's for sure. But my, my, my head doesn't. You know, as I say, I can sometimes shut my eyes and you know, right back there or or even worse, I feel like I could probably still go out and and, and do it. You know, I think that's one of the, the, the trappings of these but you know such a special lifetime memory that a memory will not fade fast, that's for sure.
0: And Ben yourself, I mean, does it feel like that long ago?
2: It does, yeah.
3: It it feels eons ago, but like Scott says, you just shut your eyes and you just think back at those days and you just remember remember the build-up and remember all the paraphernalia that goes with it and then you're out there on the field and it's just it's just awesome. It was just an awesome day.
1: So Ben, for you, pre-Claymore's, what was your American football story up until that point?
3: My American football story was um, was I suppose similar to Scots but in a lower league. Um, I played for Harrogate and the Harrogate Hawks and I started off my life as a, a defensive end and then having played a lot of rugby uh, we got an interception and I ran beside the guy expecting him to pass it to me and somebody just absolutely knocked the absolute bejesus out of me and my helmet was round by my side and I ran off and I said I never want to do that again, I want to hit somebody instead of actually being defensive, I want to be running the ball and taking it to somebody uh, and that was the start of my my running back career and it went from there to playing for Leeds Cougars um, which was the was the same league as Scots and then um a trip down to Nottingham to play for the Hoods um and then got one of the only 25 letters that went out in 1991 for the um for the the first ever World League of American Football open tryouts um, and out of all the players, I was one of the ones that got one of the letters and inviting me down.
2: Um well known was, fact, in fact I, I mean I, I was very impressed. I mean I wasn't God I can't remember that original World League of American football Ben was in there with the you know the big boys. The, yeah Martin the fires, Martin the fires and all that.
3: Yeah, yeah, I was there with, with um it was funny because you looked at um remember um was it Les Jackson?
2: Oh, yes, Les yes.
3: Jackson. Les Jackson, Trevor Carthy. Mike um, Taylor. John Parker. Yeah, Taylor. Victor. You never Jed forget. Victor, Victor. Victor X, what a guy he was. Absolutely awesome. He actually looked as if he was just trotting, but he was absolutely motoring it. Um, and it was funny. Um, the, the cameras were focused on five people all day, which was a bit of a shame because so many people went down there with the expectations of you know, giving it their best. And uh, Alan Brown and John Parker were very vocal at the fact that I never got put through to the final 10. Um, but so be it. It was just wasn't meant to be, and thankfully so, that went back, took a break from American football and came back and played for um, played for Lothian Raiders of all places. Um, and then uh, went back down Harrogate then just got my my next try in 1994, which was which was pretty awesome. And then we, the the band of brothers, were starting to get formed, and it was pretty cool, pretty good. I believe it was the fifth of July. No, that's a lie. Fifth of January, 1995, the day before your birthday script. Yep. That, that we got told that we were and the The letter drop. Yeah. Yep. The letter drop. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a day that just absolutely lit up my life. Ironically,
2: Ironically, of all the letters that dropped that day and everybody who went to camp in 95, only me knew who made it. I know. I know. I know.
3: Do you remember that first day camp? Do you remember made it
2: through that first ever camp? <laughs> Do you remember
3: that first of all, the, I'm saying of all the
2: national players, I think, what, probably seven of us get letters and got letters. That's right. Which they weren't meant to do, I think. It was Larry Kuharic was a- along to himself with that thing. Oh, it was. It was
3: just nuts. But do you remember that first
2: camp? He got five of the night.
3: <laughs> you <do>, you <laughs> he was a Froot Loop. He <laughs> really was. He oh, was an absolute. Fruit. But do you remember that first day of camp?
2: I'll never forget. Yeah, I'll never
3: forget. The fu- I'll never forget <laughs> we, the was, we were sat there talking to these guys and the size of them were just, like, immense. And, of course... Being used to Britball, you're sitting there thinking, oh, these must be lime, innit? Just, I'm talking to the guy, remember Ricky Waters? Was it? No, what was it? Remember Ricky? Ricky that played for, um, he was a linebacker. Seattle? Yeah.
2: He played for, um, I can't remember his song. Ricky Andrews? I can't
3: Andrews? remember his last name. Ricky Andrews. Ricky like... Andrews.
2: That's and right, Ricky Andrews. And I was talking to him and I said, I said,
3: no, oh. he said, you here for the, for the Clamers? I said, yeah, he said, me too, man. I said, oh, that's brilliant. He said, he said, "What position do you play?" And I said, "I'm playing running back." He said, "Oh, we'll bump heads." I'm thinking, "That's a bit strange for a lineman." And I said, "What <laughs> position do you play?" He said, "Middle linebacker." And my heart just dropped. He was 19 stone and six foot three, built like a proverbial brick, wasn't he? And then, oh, and, then we saw, and, and then we saw, the lineman coming, in. it was something oh, like uh, a pack of damn I, parade,
0: yeah. wasn't it?
2: Because <laughs> you used to be, you used to be, in the, you used to go to a big hotel in Atlanta uh, for, for physicals, you know, before the the camp started. And, Oh, I mean the linemen for every, I'm talking about for every team used to come in and <laughs> oh, man, it was it was land of the giants honestly it was, it
0: was. <laughs> it was Gulliver, Gulliver's travels you know? it, it was wasn't
3: it it was just it was just mental and there's uh, me and Scott standing there going
2: I, this is oh. him he was bloody he was like 16 stone and I was in there I, I weighed about I weighed about 11 stone soaking wet with a duffel coat uh, a wet duffel coat. So um, that was
3: awesome, but it was memories like that was just.
0: Yeah, I mean
2: and that's the thing. It was sink it was sinker swim, and that's what I'm saying. Larry, Larry carries the first coach was a volunteer. So, I, I don't know why or what the reason for for cutting five of the five of the nationals was. You know, they we have been through such a rigorous pre-selection process that we were meant to be pre-selected <laughs> if you like and. And then suddenly five of them who, I think, I can't remember who, who they were. I mean, obviously there was a few I can't remember, but a um, lot well, of them were giving up jobs. You know, you'd, you'd been been told that you were going through this process to be selected as one of the, the Scottish claimers. And we'd done our bit. We'd got the letter. We were off to Atlanta. And within three weeks, some of them were getting told to pack their bags. And, you know, as I said. that they'd given up jobs and everything to follow this dream thinking they were there they were in they were going to get a salary um, Remember it, was I, the it, was, it was just a crazy tough scene well, I mean, we were learning on the hoof we never had yeah. anything right? you know, you know we Bowles, at Bowles hmm. at, at that time lining the pitch yourself and stuff you know and, uh, to, to be in that hyper professional atmosphere you just you know you just everything was a million miles a minute and you you just kind of hoped you could keep your head above water
1: what, you know, you you went from Brit Bowl, where you're saying obviously you're up against guys of a similar stature to yourselves. Can you remember what that first hit felt like from someone that had come from a proper football background?
2: Um, actually, I, I used to try and avoid getting hit, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's no way you played 10 seasons and didn't get hit. There's no way. <laughs>
2: I'll tell I'll tell you a little anecdote. Uh, I remember it was from one of my first practices. And if you remember there was a. I mean Ben I remember Tim Burnett. Tim I mean Tim was a straight <laughs> <Timbernet laughs> street NFL style. Tim Yeah. played five seasons with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, uh, before, before the before the claymores, I mean, and I think what well, he'd had some off-field issues or whatever. And so they'd send him, you know, as well as trying to find young young undiscovered talent in the league at that point They were also trying to kind of give people the last chance to learn and in timid That was a, a big big name at that point. Uh anyway, so we uh he'd been a receiver we'd been hanging out a bit I mean I was a wee bit star struck or what have you. I remember with first training sessions I had to run a slant. So if you know a slant, you know you couple steps forward and then you you come in hard inside into the land of the big guys and uh, I had the QB through the ball to me. and I, I, knew that, I knew that somebody was coming at me and in Britball you just try and you just try to avoid everything save your life don't get hurt and there's a thing called alligator arms that they, they say in football yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't extend from the ball and leave your ribs open. You can, oh, and I can, I can. This alligator arm dive thing to avoid contact. And I turned round and Tim Burnett and a couple of other receivers. I swear to God, were bent over laughing at me, <laughs> not with me, at me. And uh, that I, I remember thinking, "Oh my God,
0: this is this is going to be so so difficult." But Ben, when you, you know, when you started to get the old handoffs and had to run into the land of the giants, what, what was your mentality? What you know, I mean, was it that typical Scottish thing, the wee guy doesn't care, gonna take on the big guy no matter what? I think the
3: heart and the body was there. The mind, as Scott said, it was all everything was moving at a hundred miles an hour. A gap would open and then you would try and get through it. And if you took your time, it would shut again and then you're you're in no man's land. Um but it was a case of just trying your best and a bit of survival, really. I mean, talking about getting hits, I mean that we sort of did a few things, but the, the other running backs were taking the majority of the snaps. Um we had some great running backs irrespective of Stacy. But Stacy was like was like Tim Burnett, he was the star. Um and quite rightly so, he was awesome. And I was hoping to learn an awful lot from them, but <clears throat> It is quite um it, it is quite body shaking when you actually get hit. It's the first time I actually first time I actually hit I got hit properly, Scott will remember, was against was against Dusseldorf and the squib kicked the ball and I got it and I was running and I thought I was running okay and I turned around and the guy just absolutely leveled me. And it was like there was a sniper in the stand, and it was just like you know, down to my knees. I went, ball came out, and I just literally went down. There and then I was like, cuckoo land for, for the majority of it. So uh, um, yes,
2: I think I, I think uh, concussion protocols might have been put into place in the modern. Day. I think
3: I think I think that's the politest way for it. But
2: well, back then it was <laughs> give them some smelling salts and get them. Get ready. <laughs> yes, that was it. It was like. Get ready for us. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I I'll also point out, I mean, you're talking about the physical side of the game and uh, the mental side of the game as well. You're, you're stepping up and, you know, you're doing, you know, every day is charted. Every, every minute of every practice is charted. We want to hear. here. A goes to B goes to C these practices. You know, put in play here, play, you know, the plays just keep building up in themselves. And then after two weeks, they call a play that you were meant to have learned in day one. And, you know, you're, you're trying to remember back then. And and for Ben, I mean, running backs, if you think about it, I mean, not only have they got to take the licks, the hard licks, they've mm. got to pick up, you know, a lot of the time they're in pass protection, you know, and they've got to take mm. big hits in pass protection while trying to work out where the hell their blitz read is or whatever, you know, what way protections go. And a lot of the time, they're the, they're the guy that's got to take the the Quarterback, who's who's the big money guy, and if you you know, especially at that level, you mess that up a couple of times, you you ain't going to see the field. So you know, as well as the physical side, the mental side for that thing for running back. Our playbook was like, what was it? Was our Scott?
3: Our playbook was like 489 pages. Remember that?
2: I know, as I'm saying that. For me, it was all right. You know, our our playbook would be pretty complex at the Glasgow Lions because we had some some good. American import coaches have brought over some, some good playbooks. as a receiver, you know, if you're not the primary receiver, you, you're you're running some type of, you know, decoy route or a, or a second read or a third read or whatever. So, uh, but no one's going to get hurt. The quarterbacks not going to take one of the bloody, you know, the ribs if, if if I don't run my backside post properly. You know, Ben doesn't pick up a blitz, you know, if he doesn't, you know, read that right or nobody's he's protected. Us. Yeah, complicated. It's, it's, funny.
3: it's funny as well, though. I think um, the thing that I noticed as well is that you, the, the whole team culture's there, but then you've got, like... I mean, like, like, it became very evident that there was the little, like, groupings within. So when you're in, the like, the... The sort of, like, the amateur leagues, it's like a team thing, and you're all in it for the team. And when you get to something like that, you're all in it for the team, but then you've got, like, your little... Pockets of talent like the receivers and the running backs and the linemen and the D's, the DBs and the linebackers and what have you. And they're all, you know, they're all like so I
2: I close. The to I come. mean, when you come from the amateur leagues, you know, as Ben says, yeah, you're all you're all paying to play. You're all chipping, you know, whatever it is to pay for the bus to go down to whatever to play. And, uh, and there is that absolute we're all in this together. When you go to that level, a lot of these guys, although you're a you're a team. The um, you know they want they want to get filmed. There was like there was a reason for them being in a, you know NFL Europe World League whatever, and that was to, to make it back into the big leagues. To make it back into the uh, the NFL, so they want more film than the guy next to them. You know they want more reps than the guy next to them, and there was always that that type of undercurrent, if you like. Um, the the there was running. Yes, it, we, we were all in parity. Yes, and there was no, you know, it was a flat wage structure as well, which was which was good. You know, no one was paid more because they were any better or whatever. But there was always that no one's stealing my reps. You know, and even in, as a national, you could you could feel that that you know yeah. oh, who, who are these Scottish guys? You know, they're not as good as us, and they're just getting they're just getting film time and reps that we could be getting. They can go they they could go back to teams. You know, and that's that. That's why a lot of those guys were there back to, to, the, to get filled for the big teams. And it showed as well.
1: If we fast forward, past through all the, the camp and stuff like that, and before we get to the World Bowl itself, take us back to that first time you played at Murrayfield for the Claymores in a competitive game. And and what was that like as an experience? Again, having come from largely public parks that you lined yourselves, um, you know, you've know, you been through training, you've played, you, you've got the the playbook in your head or so you think, you know, what was it like that first time that you walked out at Murrayfield wearing the Claymore's uniform and played in front of a crowd?
2: I'll let you go, Ben. I mean, like I, say, I can, I can still remember it vividly. I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah, me
1: too.
3: No, I, I, the is not quite sitting fully yet, but I can get
0: there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, it was one of excitement and, um, butterflies in the stomach was just absolutely just going mental um trying to remember what you had to do as part of this unit um mm-hmm. my sort of thing was being you know, on kickoff and I just absolutely loved the kickoff and kickoff return was like was my thing and uh and it was it was so nerve-wracking being out there trying to do what you're supposed to be doing and And it was, it was was a bit overwhelming at times, to be honest with you. It was a bit, almost sometimes thinking like, you know, what am I doing here for these guys? These guys are just like awesome. Um, But it, it was just, I was there. You know what I mean? I was just there and everybody was there to see us. And it was just such a great feeling because you had earned the right to be there in whatever capacity people would say. You had earned the right to be there. Um, no matter who says what from the from the sidelines or the unless it's the head coaches uh the fans would make their comments but at the end of the day it was people like scott and us and myself that were down there doing it because we showed we had the ability to do it and it was just get to that point of believing that you could do it it's
2: funny you know, first say that. Time
3: out, that was quite scary i
2: know i remember because you but at least you knew you had you were going to get you know, obviously ben was was on the, the special teams roster or whatever as a, as a main starter and stuff so I uh, I, mean, I didn't know if I was ever going to see the field even in that season you know there was no there was no guarantees about anything and I remember just standing inside like I mean the, the whole experience I mean Murrayfield itself is just you know, having I mean rugby was in my game growing up I'm kind of west of Scotland so football was my game and stuff but I you know, watched enough watched enough Scotland games and what have you and it's hallowed turf and just to be I you know, just be there in that stadium and stuff, and to be, run it. to be to be allowed to run about in the grass and stuff. Um, <laughs> even <I> mean, even at <laughs> practice, it just be. And again, it was one of those you didn't. I I I didn't know if my my time with the claimers was going to last a week, two weeks. You know, like those guys that never made it back from camp. You know, or you know if I would spend a season and never see the field. You know, and I remember about halfway through that game, the. Um, The offensive coordinator, who was Doug Williams. Now you know Doug Williams is a a, is a legend. I mean, you know that what's thrown about. You know, some of the Mm. younger listeners, if don't know who Doug Williams is, have a have a Google of him. You know, Mm. yeah. You know, he was what he did uh, in I want to say Super Bowl twenty or twenty something. You know, uh the Redskins, as they were called back then, was, was unbelievable. First black quarterback to play in a Super Bowl, first you know, black quarterback back MVP, etc. And I I grew up watching and supporting the Redskins yeah. and that was hanging out with this dude and he was my coach yeah. and it was that was mind blowing enough to me. And I remember him turning around and saying, Scotty, go find your helmet, I'm gonna put you on. And it was like that kind of right, I may need to go to the toilet first, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was just one of them, oh my God, I'm going to go on, I'm going to go on. And, uh, and it was really weird because I'd say within two minutes of had been on and that my first ever drive as a professional, I uh, there was a plane, it was just hitches, 11s or something, you know, with the two outside receivers just run hitches, which is just five yard routes. And if the corners are off, you've got a chance of getting them. Getting the ball, and sure enough, I ran my route out the corner. <laughs> yeah. Was off. a turned, and the ball was freaking coming through the end to me. And that uh, was that. Caught it. Turned it aside tried to make some yards. Get tackled. I mean, and I was lying, there thinking, "Oh my god, I haven't been a catch in the pros." You know, this is that. This is this is for real, man. And as I say, because I was being young. I always remember being like a Glasgow like, young know, whether it was junior or whatever watch the NFL and you're doing times your Bambinos and I always used to think oh my god, can you imagine what it would be like to catch a catch a pass from an NFL quarterback I don't even know if I could catch it with it be thrown that hard and stuff uh, and there I was there I was out mixing it but the coolest thing about that Ben, and I don't know if you know this, that was flagged up I think we spoke about this Cameron did you know who was playing middle linebacker or defensive end for round Fire that day? No What's his name?
1: Terry Cruz.
2: Terry Crews from Brooklyn Nine Nine. No, <laughs> he,
0: was, he was like he
2: was no. Like... <laughs> Terry Crews played for the Fire. because my boys love Brooklyn Nine Nine. And see where I found that out? That was me. I went back that and I found went on YouTube and I found the game and because I, I was like, oh my god, maybe Terry Crews tackled me. <laughs> <laughs> and I found it. I dug it. I think I we send it to you Cameron I found the old game day program and they, sure enough there he is yeah. right fire Terry Crews cool as I
1: hell you. cool as hell he went on to do nothing from, yeah. there. <laughs> um, from there then right obviously you've you've done your first season amazing season yeah I'll let you say it (laughs) but let's scrap that let's forget that right you go into the second season which is an absolute belter right the season we've covered that loads this is about the World Bowl let's talk now though about the build up right so you've made it you know you're in the final you know it's in Murrayfield again being the home players um, you know representing Scotland at Murrayfield what's the week before the World Bowl like for you guys
3: I, I oh, think it was
2: just mental. was is the one that goes yeah. to my mind, you know, because there was such a buzz, that, you know, yeah, the, you know, the claimers had become part of the sporting landscape, if you like, but the the, the world war in that year, in 1960, mm. got to a whole new level, if you like, you know, just the, the, the mainstream media got a lot more involved, saw a lot more talk about it, and um, the weirdest thing for me, Ben, I don't know, or if you remember this is just the week leading up to it when we were speaking about how many tickets you know we, yeah. during the season we would pull between 10 and 12,000 and suddenly they will say 20,000 tickets have gone 25 10, 30. 30, you know what I mean and, and you like, would, what? What? what and uh, it's we'd only we'd only played in front of big crowds in Germany you know like that kind of big Frankfurt and, and stuff. yeah, yeah Frankfurt and Rhein and and, and then, And then we knew we were going to be doing that at home, at Murrayfield, in the final, in front of our own fans. And even better than that, the bloody sun was out. I know,
3: I know. But I mean, the the actual, if the gods were aligning the planets, the the actual getting to it, the build-up of that last week was probably started way back in the first half of that season, Scott. Remember we were like playing Dusseldorf, and we lost 14-15 or something like that because of a questionable call. So we were 3 and 1 and then we went to um to Rheinfra- uh, to Frankfurt. Frankfurt. And we had to play Frankfurt and Frankfurt Frankfurt were 4 and 0 and we were 3 and 1. And we beat Frankfurt 20-0. Oh, James James Fuller
2: intercepted it
3: and spiked it. Yeah, Yep, and that was and that was the build-up because we had we had won the right to host the World Bowl, beating Frankfurt, who were tipped to go to the World Bowl, and we beat them. We shut them out for the right to host it at Murrayfield, and then when we <laughs> went through the season. When we went through the season, remember it, it, it transpired that we were playing the Galaxy again, so no, we played I... them at Murrayfield. We beat them at Murrayfield, and then we, we were playing them again. In the final, and that was that's how the build-up started to go.
2: You always get the feeling that, as well, that I don't know how. Every year you probably felt that the league had a favourite team. <laughs> that they yeah. You know, they wanted you like, oh look, they've, they've they've got like five first-round draft <laughs> picks in the, in the in the team that have been allocated to them and stuff. Uh, but I, I don't know. Maybe Frankfurt were a were a favourite team, but the battles against Frankfurt last season.
3: I reckon. I reckon they somebody thought about the line right at the beginning of the season and said, "What? What would happen if Scotland Scotland got to World this year?" And somebody might have piped up in the meeting and said, "Well, that sounds quite good from worst to first. And they must have thought to themselves, "We'll have that." <laughs> and then we became the favourite team.
2: <laughs> well, listen, look, you know, whatever, whatever it, it transpired, we, we we after week five, it was a funny set-up. Whoever was leading yeah. the league at, at the halfway point, they were the hosts for the World so that they could set up the whole. You know, they could do all the logistics and what have you. And we'd earned that right. So I don't think we cruised in from there. You know, we had a talented team. No. That was a thing. We'd, you know, we had a talented team. But um, well, we went through some some adversary, you know, as I say. I mean, you are see, over there we, we lost Steve uh, Matthews. Matthews. We lost Steve Matthews and Jim Ballard had, Jim had balloted, stepped in. You know, Jim was a Div 3 quarterback. Yeah. Division 3, you know, no one had given Jim a chance. He tried his best. He was fighting hard for everything. Uh people, you know, there's a huge snobbery in, you know, in colleges and where you play and all that with those guys. Um and uh yeah, for for Jim to come up and sit there and look at the bench for weeks and weeks and weeks and then step in and do what he did. And then obviously Sean Lachabelle would be the star for his oh, yeah. he goes and bloody rolls his ankle in pre game. And, uh, and we lose a star receiver uh, as we just go ahead to warm up, but ahead uh, into the game. You know, Yo Murphy we, we, stepped we overcame back. some stuff. We overcame some stuff. Didn't you? Murphy stepped up for the plate. Indeed, indeed he did. Indeed he did. The, the <laughs> he rest did. of the history. <laughs> this year.
0: Just to, just to come back, so you, you've done the warm up, you know there's going to be a big crowd there. I mean, Murrayfield built up really, really well. I was there. I mean, it was incredible. When the teams came out, did you did you get a feeling that there was no way you could lose this for the backing that you had? But one of the things they tell they tell you, Scott, is the hardest thing in American sports to beat a team for a third time. You <laughs> know that that can be a hard thing. Was that in your mind at all? We, I
2: think, we probably faith in our coach. You know, the the, the difference in coaching that we had got from ninety-five to ninety-six was, was was night and day and we had a lot of faith in them. Um Jim had proven that he could put Jim Ballard had proven he could he could step up and, and play. Um, I think that the, the, the Lash Appelle thing was a is a big thing to go over. You know, we are speaking on the day that Billy Gilmore <laughs> has been announced to have COVID <laughs> and right now in the camp, you know there'll be there'll be a I don't want to say a deflation, but it'll be in people's heads, you know, um that that's a piece that's been removed. You're literally heading into the biggest game of the season, and your biggest star receiver suddenly is down. Um, I think probably if anything, it, it made me more nervous because it meant I bumped up one in the bloody, you know, <laughs> in the order. Um, <laughs> more might be asked of me, but um, yeah, do no, nothing was nothing was taken for granted. the The, the event was amazing, but it, but it went it went for nothing. You know, Frankfurt were a great, very good team. Um, I mean, Mario Bailey, a wide receiver, was an absolute stud. Can't remember who the quarterback was for them. Was it Paul Justin or something? Am I getting my years wrong? Oh uh, God, was it? Was it Steve Palour? Oh, somebody help me! Anyway, they had you know their quarterback was was was. It was anything. Steve Palour. Steve Palour. Steve I, I'd, watched, I'd watched. Steve Palour playing for the freaking Dallas Cowboys. You know, yeah. and, and so, suddenly he's in our league play and we're playing against him. So you know you're up against. Absolute you know NFL caliber uh, quarterback leading the show for them. So um
3: yeah nothing- Yeah but I suppose I suppose once we tackled the fridge then nothing was gonna nothing was gonna yeah. us from it. <laughs> Yeah
1: <laughs> uh, listen, I've been tackling the fridge all my life and it's never done me any favors. <laughs>
3: Hey, listen, and that's the only thing I can tackle this night.
1: <laughs> um, for you, Ben, what was it like then walking out to the crowd and the noise and actually getting that pre-game atmosphere?
3: It was awesome. I mean, it, it really was awesome, but it was a little bit disappointing for me as well because um, I'd hurt my adductor, um and I was ready to play, but the coach was just not putting me in. And it was just like, I was gutted, absolutely gutted because special teams was my thing. That's where I found my home. and uh, and it was quite funny because they put in Marcus Thomas into the place that I was in Um, now I'm not suggesting anything would have happened if I was in there but I think the right person was in for the event that then happened from a great tackle to Marcus just like picking the ball up on one of the fastest touchdowns that are in NFL history um, then ensued but it was it was great being there what a start, the what
2: a yeah. start. I mean, you
3: couldn't yeah. have asked for anything better. No, absolutely not. But I mean, it was one of those things where you're sitting there going, as a, as a player, you've got, your main job is to go out and help the team doing your job. And then if you are not first team material and you're second team material, you're out there and you've got to be ready to step up and do the job at a moment's notice. But if you're injured, but you're out there, your job is to support the team in any way you can. And that's exactly what I did. Um, whilst it was disappointing that I didn't get on the field in anger, um, it was certainly, it was certainly, I was happy with the with the contributions that I had done for the whole of the season and uh, the desire to want to get out there and to play. And the coaches knew that I was gutted, that I couldn't get out there. And, um, but it was great to see Scott playing and to you doing the things that they were doing, even in just pre preseason, just the sense of to be fair, the sense of whilst things were hectic, there was an inner sense of calm. It was almost like we've got this type of thing. Not not in a cocky way. It's like no matter what they threw. Us. I mean, our offensive coordinator, remember offensive coordinator? The, um? Bell? No. No. He was defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just he was them. very much He was very much into Zen and he was like, you know, imagine what these guys are thinking and, da, da, da. and he yes. actually got us to... He Damn. was great, wasn't he? And he, he got us into a mental state whereby it was a case of you knew the other team was going to score, but you've also got to realise that you're <gasps> capable of scoring back. And he got you into a point where he just knew that you just knew that no matter what they were going to throw at you, we would absorb that and come back with an answer.
2: Um, Jim was—I mean, it was so bizarre. Jim Soaker was a true, you know, kind of uh, exponent of the West Coast offense. You know, he'd yeah. learned he'd learned the West Coast offense from Bill Walsh. You know, yeah. the Bill Walsh of the San Francisco 49ers, In fact, Bill Walsh spoke to us that year. Bill yeah, did. did. You he know, did. he came and he came, he came into camp, and, and Jim knew him, and he came and spoke to us all, and gave us a wee talk and everything, and. The offence that, that we were running was absolute high calibre and Jim, Jim knew how to play at that piano. So that's why we were a very, very good team um, and we had very good players to, to, to you know play those positions that, that were needed.
0: Guys, I have to ask you, do you have any mementos from that World Bowl? Because I have to tell you, on my screen at the moment, I'm looking at... It's statscrew.com and it is the 1996 Scottish Claymore's roster. And this to me is brilliant. So I can read you out, you know, so I'm I'm looking down the colleges. It's got Illinois, BYU, Mississippi State, Wake Forest, Strathclyde, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, Arkansas. And if you go slightly further down, uh, you've got Texas A&M, Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Eastern Kentucky, Harriets, Abilene Christian, Rice, Southern California. (laughs)
3: What was I supposed to say? The school of
0: life.
3: It's,
2: it's, <laughs> it's, just, it's just, tremendous. Oh, no, you no, know, oh, oh, you no. Know, oh, you stole my thunder. One of my favourite, favourite stories from all my my. Oh, it's, just, a, it's just. It's, it's no, a it In '95, in, in our first ever year, um, we had a national. Uh, Don, Don Edmondson. Don's a great guy. You know, Don went on and said, some you know, awesome things." <laughs> and just like you say the roster sheet came out the first time we all showed up at camp or wherever and as you say you look down and there they were you know you, 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 your kind of Georgias and your Virginias and your Louisianas <laughs> and suddenly it's just Lynn is tech <laughs>
0: Oh, awesome. Awesome.
3: <laughs> absolutely. Brilliant. Do
2: you remember do you remember um,
3: when they had to write out the bios, Scott? When they had to write out, what do you know about Scotland?
2: Oh, I do remember that. I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> it was absolutely awesome. What do you know was, can you drive to
3: Amsterdam? Yeah, you'd have to get a boat. You're an island. <laughs> <laughs> no, what no, do you know about thing. Scotland? They, they all have they all have ginger hair, have long throwing contests, and play musical airbags.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 nice stereotypes. At the end of the day, I don't know, the um, souvenirs. I guess a warble ring you can count as a bloody souvenir, can't you? Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: That's, that's a that's a nice one to keep. Um, Absolutely. The. Them,
3: I've got, them, I've, got, them, I've, got them, I've got Have you got your jumper scarf? I've got mine. It's got mine right behind me. Yeah.
2: You know, bizarrely, I have not got my World Bowl jersey. I know what it is. So I need to, I, I, I've got my eye on it somewhere. I know someone who's got it and I need to track it down. All that rubbish. All that rubbish.
3: <laughs> but, um, all that memories to make sure that I can remind myself that I was young once.
2: You I get me by the minches, Scott. <laughs> I know, you know, it's uh, that time, right? You know, it's funny because, you know, Ben saying you've you just got to do what you can to help the team and, and a sense of calm and all that. The, one of my big memories is, i probably told you guys this before, that we all know that the game transpired, it was a real, you know, basketball, it was backwards and forwards, ebb and, ebb and flow, and I went right out to the wire. And uh, Obviously, whatever happened, they scored and we not long left, minute and a half, something like that, and there was still a score behind the river. So they, we expected be on to kick it. And so, they put me out on hand team and you know, I, that was the only special team I was on was the hands team where, you know, they're expected to onside kick it and they want the, the sure-handed guys out there. And obviously, Rog is out. And they just, Frankfurt just line up normal kickoff. And everyone's like, just peel back. I'd never returned the kick in my freaking life. You know, I mean, the last time I returned the kick was was probably Hellenville for the Glasgow Lions. And suddenly I'm doing it We're a minute and a half left, the game on the line... And uh, and I'm I'm back. I'm I'm just the sole kicker. Forty thousand people watching, and I remember just like you're saying, in a sense, a I camera I was just like, right, don't fumble, make sure you get the ball. I, I, I don't know. You've done it. You guys have done it. You've stood out there in that park and watched. You know, try to watch. I'm used to the trajectory of a ball being thrown. Not a ball be kicked, and see if you get your head up, looking up into the sky, and you've got no point of reference. It's yeah. a skill, it's an art. And it, is. it was just one of them. I was just like, oh please, please! And to be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't panicking, and uh, and I, I did catch the ball, and I remember just putting two hands on it and just thinking, okay, whatever little yardage you can, and uh, I didn't fumble, and we kept possession, and we uh, ended up winning. Anymore.
1: So that takes us on to probably the, you know, the, the ultimate question. Um, the, you know, the, the clock hits zero and the Claymores have won the World Bowl. Describe that moment where you know it's done and dusted. The game is over. You're world champions. As Scotsman, as uh, representing Scotland uh, for the Claymores, how did that feel?
0: Unique. I mean,
3: really Unique. If Scotland ever won the the World Bowl again, then there would be like 90 people that can say they've done it. But there's 45 people that won it. And Scott and I got a ring that said that we were World Bowl champions. And that's... There's nobody can take that away. That's all the pain, all the... Ups and the downs that you had in the season was just all forgotten in that, in that tick of the clock to zero zero, and then the world ball gets and so we, we picked the world ball up and we thought, Jesus Christ, how heavy
2: is that? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you decided <laughs> to run across, a- run across to the other stand with it, and, and halfway saying- you were like, at, I'll, give, I'll give this to Scott." <laughs> <laughs>
0: The lactic acid,
3: the lactic acid. <laughs> What's that? Uh, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant.
2: You no, know, I, I mean, I, it was because the 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 real end of the, the. I mean, if you remember, the last few seconds absolutely controversial. There was a fumble that through someone's legs, and then they said he could advance. The goat gave them the first out. Right. Everyone, no one was knowing what was happening. I always just remember seeing that ref doing that classic thing where they just pick up the ball and hold it up at the air. To yeah. End the game, and uh, and I just, Spence says, what a unique feeling, a unique feeling because it's everything you know. So the culmination of, of everything you'd ever done with the Glasgow Lions, we won a Division Two final, which was which was good and, and uh, at the time and. But I'd never won a big one in in British football, um, British American football, and then and then '95 was just a car crash of a season. Just for having played the game for so long to go through and go through what we did, where everyone was just, I I I hadn't felt anything like that before, and you know I probably obviously never will. It was, it's it's euphoric, absolutely euphoric.
3: Within a we're in a very very. Unique class of people that can turn around and say that we've done it, and that's and that's awesome to be able to do something like that in your life where you could turn around and say that we've done it.
2: And a lot of it's those crazy. guys, you know, a lot of those guys never won anything with their colleges, never did anything with their, en- and they all look back with fondness yeah. and pride uh, as well. You know, a lot of those guys. That played in the NFL or, or, or played in big, big colleges, they, they they consider it an absolute on-on achievement as well. We've, we've done, we've done. It's difficult, it's difficult. No matter what you sport, no matter what they it's difficult to win a championship. It's
3: really difficult. The, the two things that, that sort of like, that make me smile about being champions is the fact that champions on the way back had to spend their evening... Waiting for the bus to be repaired because it broke down. And then Scott and I were doing a clinic the following year and we were talking to some boy in the lift. And we were, remember that guy who turned in and said, Oh, World Bowl champions. And we said, ah oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't have to say it. We said, Yeah, we won the championship in 1996 playing American football. And he said, American football. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, as you say, a a truly unique achievement for you both. Uh, On behalf of everybody that that was there that day, I can tell you it was a marvellous experience for us in the stands. We were a hell of a proud of the Scottish Claymores and the Scottish contingent. And And we're also very grateful of you both coming on to the NFL Scotland podcast and sharing uh, your memories of the Claymores and the World Bowl. This will be a very popular podcast. I'm sure Scotland still has a great place in its heart for the Scottish Claymores. Thank you for joining us here on the NFL Scotland podcast. To Scott, to Ben and to Cameron. Until next time, bye for now.